Hello, this is Andy Lucas, pastor of Emmaus Road Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. And we hope this message will help you grow in your walk with Christ. And if you'd like to support this ministry, you can do so by visiting theroadfc.org and click on the giving link. Hey, today is Christ the King Sunday, uh, which marks the final week of the liturgical year before beginning a new year uh, with the start of Advent that is next week. Uh, It's a day to remind ourselves of our allegiance, uh, to remember whose we are. That is, that we are children of the living Christ who rules over all the nations. Amen. Now, the liturgical calendar uh, and its naming uh, was developed without any consideration uh, of, of how language would change over time, and certainly without any consideration for marketing efforts. Uh, and so we've just come out of a time, uh, just like the season Ordinary Time uh, faces challenges because it sounds so ordinary, uh, Christ the King Sunday faces similar challenges because king or kingship really isn't part of how we talk every day. Uh, and so uh, in response to this, but when we do talk about kings, it's usually pretty negative, right? Uh, sometimes we talk about how kings uh, are abusing power or there's a failure to serve the good of the people um, or the way that a king only looks out for their own self-interest. So Uh, But despite these challenges, the Christian claim remains that Christ is king over all the nations. And since kingship isn't really part of our cultural vocabulary, some have suggested that this day on the Christian calendar be renamed as the reign of Christ. And that's R-E-I-G-N, the reign of Christ, not R-A-I-N, the reign of Christ. That was supposed to be a little bit funny. I got a laugh from my mom, but I get a laugh from her for everything. And, and she's been laughing at my lame jokes my whole life. So, um, so I just need a little bit additional help here if we're going to make it through. So th- thank you. Yeah, that's very good. Wow, you guys are really, you guys are sharp, spicy today. Okay. Um, so the Christ, the reign of Christ day. I really like that because it suggests that all authority in heaven and earth belong to Christ. And then Christians are those who declare their allegiance then to Christ and his kingdom, which is to say that as all these different things in our lives kind of ask for our allegiance as Christians, as the body of Christ, we say our primary allegiance belongs to Christ and the kingdom of Christ. So uh, with that in mind, I want to give, um, I want to look at Revelation chapter 1. Uh, we've been doing a series called Jesus in Genesis. We're going to put that on pause through Advent. We'll pick it up after the first of the year. We'll finish out Jesus in Genesis. Uh, but today we want to look at Revelation. Um, so Revelation chapter 1, beginning with verse 4. Uh, the second part of verse 4, it says this. Uh, this is the introduction to the book of Revelation. Uh, John, the writer, says, Grace to you and peace from him who was and is and is to come from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and freed us from our own sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom, priests serving his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Keep looking at verse 7. Look, he is coming with clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. On his account, all the tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. 
For I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who was, who is, and who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, the writer of Revelation here at the very beginning of the book is making two claims uh, that are then supported throughout the rest of the book. Now, as I'm getting started here, uh, this is going to be a sermonette, a devotional, you might say, okay? Uh, so it's going to be short. So don't, don't blink or you might miss it, okay? Don't blink or you might miss it. Uh, so the, the writer of Revelation makes two claims that are supported then throughout the rest of the book of Revelation. The first claim that he makes in verse 5 is that Christ is king. Uh, that Christ is a kind of king. Uh, but what he's going to illustrate through the rest of the book is that Christ is not a king like other kings. That the kingship of Christ is utterly unique. And then the second claim that he makes is that those who give their allegiance to Christ are to become a unique community modeled after the unique kingship of Christ. So Christ rules as king over all the nations, and then we're to be formed as a community that echoes or, or mirrors the character of Christ. Okay, so let's talk about each of those. Uh, that Christ is utterly unique. Uh, the thing that makes the kingship of Christ unique is that he rules through service and love, not coercion and violence. Now, this kind of rulership was unheard of at the time and remains unique even to this day. And the manifesto uh, of Christ's kingdom, that is the, the, the thing the outlines how this kingdom is going to operate, how the king is going to operate, how the people are to operate, the manifesto for Christ's kingdom is the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus says we're to love our enemies, we're to pray for those who persecute us, and to offer forgiveness to those who hurt us. And this posture of kingship is demonstrated throughout his life. That throughout the life of Jesus, we see these things at work, but we see them principally at work in the cross. Now, the book of Revelation, being awesome like it is, depicts this truth with the central image that is given to us in chapter 5. In this powerful chapter, John the Revelator mourns that no one is found that is worthy to open the scroll. Now, the scroll represents uh, the plan of God to save the world. That is, the scroll in Revelation kind of represents the salvific purposes of God or the, the, the movement towards salvation. And so John, the revelator, looks and he says, no one is worthy to kind of go around, open this scroll that will begin to unfold the salvation purposes of God in the world. And then there's an elder who's around the throne who says, yes, but look and see, there is the lion from the tribe of Judah. Now, you might recognize that, as John certainly would have, and we might as referring to Jesus. And so the elder of the throne says, look, here's the lion from the tribe of Judah. And he means Jesus. Absolutely. So what happens in chapter 5 of Revelation, though, is that as John churns to look, expecting to see a lion from the tribe of Judah, instead he sees a lamb looking as though it had been slain or harmed. This is known by theologians as the great reversal. In fact, theologian Richard Hayes has this to say about this surprise in Revelation. He says this, quote, The shock of this reversal discloses the central mystery of the apocalypse. The apocalypse referring to the book of Revelation. This, this reveals the central mystery of Revelation. 
that God overcomes the world not through a show of force, but through the suffering and death of Jesus. Amen. And so the Lamb becomes the central image of victory and strength throughout the rest of the book of Revelation. And now, Revelation is a difficult book to read. You probably need some help and some guidance. Here's a little bit of help and guidance. Uh, each time you see uh, the Lamb referred to, it's referring to the kind of victory or the kind of strength that Christ exerts in his kingship. And so what we find in Genesis, or sorry, not Genesis, I'm in the last series still, uh, but in Revelation chapter 12, victory over the dragon who's later identified as Hasatan or the Satan, victory over the dragon is won by the faithful who give testimony to the lamb who was slain. And so quite literally, the, the, the evil one is defeated through the testimony of the faithful just bearing witness to uh, the death of Christ. And then in chapter 19, Christ is pictured as a warrior who has bloodstains on his robe, but the blood is not from battle. The blood is his own because victory comes through his loving sacrifice. And so true strength is revealed in this lamb-like figure in the book of Revelation. Um, hopefully, maybe this has whet your appetite to study Revelation a little bit more. It's a phenomenal and fascinating book. Uh, but what happens then is the lamb in chapter 5 and then the victory over the dragon through testimony in chapter 12, and then the victory through self-sacrificial love in chapter 19 are all in service of a broader truth that Christ rules over the nations with service and with love and is therefore utterly unique in all of history. Yes. Okay, good. You guys are with me. All right, you're, you're getting there. Okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing then is remember a community then is formed around this truth. A community is formed around this truth so that those who give their allegiance to Christ and his kingdom are made into new creations. They are brought into citizenship in the new nation of God, and they are rescued from a life of vengeance, a life of selfishness, of crudeness, and the like, and they are welcomed into the Lamb King community. Remember at the first of the, of the service when I said, I greet you in the name of Christ who is the Lamb King? And, and you looked at your neighbor and you said, did he just say Lamb King? Remember, you remember that part? It was just a few minutes ago. Um, <laughs> right? And so this is, this is, this is what it is. The, the kingship of Christ is demonstrated principally in the central image of Christ as a Lamb. So you have the Lamb King and then you have the Lamb King community. I'll bet you've never heard that before, but you, the church, are a Lamb King community formed around the character of the Lamb King. And so what this means is that our shared life together is to be driven by a different set of priorities and possibilities that are unique in all of creation. If, in fact, the kingship of Christ is unique in all of creation, then the community formed around his name is, in fact, to be unique among all of creation as well. And so the life of the Lamb King points people to the life of the life, sorry, the life of the Lamb King community points people to the life of the Lamb King. Or uh, you could say it this way. The... <laughs> I'm like so excited about this sentence. <laughs> so you could say it this way, right? You could say it this way. The culture of the kingdom mirrors the character of the king. <sighs> Whoa, right? Like get your tweet thumbs ready. <laughs> okay, so I'll say it again. 
the culture of the kingdom mirrors the character of the king. That's what the church is designed to be about. And so the challenge for us as we go into this new liturgical year and into this next calendar year is to continually press into how our lives, our personal lives, that is our lives at work, at home, or in the neighborhood, as well as our shared life together, that is the interactions with people of faith in the community. All of these things are to reflect the unique character of Christ the Lamb King. And there aren't any easy answers, right? Particularly in the challenges that our culture faces right now and the divisions that we face. There, there's not just sort of like easy, just kind of simple answers. But the role and the responsibility of the church is to lean into and to press into what does it mean to be a community and a person uniquely formed by Christ the King, whose central image is that of a slain lamb, okay? And just working that out in community with other people, working that out in devotion uh, with the Holy Spirit, allowing God to convict my heart, move my heart in certain directions, and then go to a life group or a trusted friend or another Christian and say, here's what I'm thinking. Is this right? Am I off base? How do you think? Let's talk through this together. And that's very, it's, it's a lot easier said than it is done, but that's the responsibility. That's the role. That's the privilege of Christians in this time and in this age, right? And unique, and, and like for us, it feels so unique, right? For us, it feels like we're facing unique challenges, and I think to some degree we are. But guess what? Every single generation is called to this very same thing. Every single generation is called to, to base their life to reflect the, the character of the king and then work that out in their own time. And each generation faces unique challenges. Um, and for our generation and in, in our time, man, we've got a ton of division to deal with. We've got a pandemic to deal with. We've got all this kind of stuff going on and it feels really hard and it is. But you just keep, you keep pressing forward to the calling of working out our salvation with faith. Okay, uh, so Lord, would you lead us? God, would you give us discernment? God, would you give us courage? And would you give us wisdom that we might faithfully represent the char your character, the character of the Lamb King to the world, both in our personal lives as we are transformed into new creations, having uh, given our allegiance to Christ the Lamb through faith, but then also, God, knowing that it's not just a personal calling, it's a collective calling of what, is, what are the people of God, this, this group called the church, this specific group called Emmaus Road, how can we in our shared life together, in our community life, reflect the character of God? So Lord, Lord have mercy for when we, when we don't do it perfectly. Lord, lead us so that we might do it better. This is our prayer, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.